0: To what people say. Yeah. we got it going yeah. on, we yeah. about what we no me, I'm the hottest in the WJMS, this is according to RP,
1: turn up the volume, kick back, and get raw with us,
0: from the latest hip hop beats, spazzle, to social issues, that crippled the black community, all from the perspective of a young, strong, black woman, the song, Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these quarantine infested streets. We have made it to a whole new month, everyone. We are in the month of August. I want you guys to give yourselves a round of applause. For making it to a whole new month The struggle is real The streets are crazy People are still dying from coronavirus They're dying from gun violence each and every day So to make it to a whole new month Is a blessing in and of itself So despite what your hardships are Despite what craziness that's going on in your life Just take this time to be thankful For making it to a whole new month Because there's a lot of people who didn't make it to see today So With that being said, August has a whole host of national days and awarenesses. So what I'm trying to do is I think at the beginning of every month, I'm going to list a couple of the awarenesses because you know what? We should be informed of what's happening, right? So I don't know if you guys knew. I found out maybe a couple of weeks ago, but August is Black Business Month. So, I mean, black businesses, we should be supporting them 365 days anyways. But it's nice, I guess, to have a month in recognition of black business. So there's that but then there's some other interesting um awareness days and it leads me to believe like what are what are we doing with our life like what what are we doing you know it just doesn't make any sense so one of the days is happiness happens month happiness happens month is august um national brownies at brunch month so august is also national catfish month it's national crayon collection month it's National Goat Cheese Month. Oh, well, here's a good one. It's National Golf Month. So there's a lot of uh, black golfers out there. This is, I guess this is your month. I don't know. It's um, also National Panini Month, but yet it's also National Sandwich Month, which leads me to believe that sandwiches and paninis are not the same. I mean, I guess you learn something new every day. And it's National Romance Awareness Month, I guess, which goes really well with today's topic since we will be talking about romance and dating and relationships. But, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the, about these months. Like, National Crayon Collection Month, I don't understand um, why there's a National Crayon Collection Month. It doesn't make sense to me. I feel like there are better things that we can do with our time and resources than to create these ludicrous months. I don't know. That's just my opinion. But... Um, I just had to throw it out there. So as I said, today we have an amazing guest. Or maybe I didn't say it yet, but I'm going to say it now. We have an amazing guest by the name of Angela N. Holton. She is a dating and relationship expert, a conscious dating and relationship expert. She was just named by Yahoo Finance as one of the top 10 relationship coaches in 2020. She's an international dating and relationship expert. A speaker and author and the founder of Love Sanctuary, which is an online spiritual and personal development site centered on helping men and women create a life and love they desire from the inside out. And I think it's important to say the Yahoo part. Why? Because we have a lot of quacks that are living amongst us. Right. There are a lot of snakes in our gate. A lot of individuals right now are taking advantage of the quarantine and the struggles and they're presenting themselves to be experts. And we're here thinking that we're going to get our lives fixed and instead they're putting us further down the hole. So it's important for these, you know, to cite these recognitions. She is well decorated with master's degrees in psychology and, and, and psychotherapy and all sorts of things. So and she's a black woman, which is even more amazing. Right. So. Definitely keep it locked to hear today's show because we are going to be talking about dating from a whole different perspective. When I first reached out to her, I thought it was going to be a show like, you know, on tactical dating, like, oh, if he texts you, um, you know, what should you text back or, you know, things of that nature, right? But this is, I mean, you do not want to miss this show. Like she is a transformational relationship expert, not a tactical one. So she is talking about, you know, the inner self. She's talking about connection. She is demystifying myths that I, for my entire life, have have, have held to be truths, right? And I think right now, particularly while we are in this pandemic, a lot of us are wondering what is our love lives going to look like? I mean, I'm in routine conversations with women and men about the state of black love in a time of Corona when, you know, people are afraid to meet new people and social distancing orders are in place. I mean, we have women who are, you know, I mean, let's be honest, we're in our thirties. Some of us are in our forties, you know, and we're looking for our uteruses to be fertilized and, We don't know how that's going to happen when we're social distancing and we're afraid that people have positive COVID tests in these streets. Right. So, you know, it's 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 a difficult it's difficult really to to really, um, I guess, fathom like what the future of dating is going to be like. But I will tell you after listening to today's show, you will have a whole different perspective on relationships and dating and you will I mean it will change your life it honestly will so you definitely want to keep it locked for that but before we get into the meat of the show I do want to pay my respects to my friend who recently passed away John Ferdinand he passed away a couple of days ago and it's been a hard time for a lot of people in the in the Haitian community, particularly because he was a leader in the Haitian American caucus. He was a leader in the streets and he was a dear friend of many. I mean, I met John several years ago. I can't even remember the first time, but it's been a long time. And he has always been one of my number one supporters. He would always message me, always DM me, call me to just be like, Hey, I heard your show. Hey, I saw this. He'd be the first to like a post. I mean, like 100, you know, percent support and it's really sad that we are losing these giants in our community at such young ages right so I wanted to just take this time to you know shout out John Ferdinand and just you know remember him for the loving supportive person that he was so my hearts are with his family and the Haitian American Caucus family during this time of just sadness just an announcement before we get on to our preliminaries, um, Black Ivy Media, my recent baby and brainchild. We are having another panel discussion this Tuesday, August 4th, entitled Black Health Matters. We have an amazing panel of black physicians, OBGYNs, pain management anesthesiologists, family medicine, emergency medicine doctors who are going to talk about race inequalities within the healthcare system. And I think this is a very unique conversation because we are seeing it through the lens of medical professionals who are out there working in these structurally racist and biased settings. So you definitely want to Be part of this conversation. Follow us at Black Ivy Media, Black B-L-A-C-K-I-V-I-V-Y Media on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. It's going to be streamed on Facebook Live and YouTube at 7 p.m on um tuesday so definitely follow our instagram page to be able to see the profiles on the doctors and to see the information for the flyer please share this with all your friends and family like i said this is going to be a very intriguing conversation and hopefully informative for you all as well so now that i got that out the way let's get on to the preliminaries and it's now time for the urban dictionary word or phrase of the week do you
1: The definition um what does skeet skeet mean it's on fleek can you use it in a sentence
0: I fleek and
1: it's gonna be lit
0: major key it's time for the urban dictionary word or phrase of the week So this week's Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week is reclaiming my time. Now, I know many of you guys are familiar with this phrase uh, because of Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Um, But I think that with our topic today, relationships and dating, that it was appropriate. (laughs) So reclaiming my time when people are on your time, but wasting it. Example, Maxine. Are you familiar with the May 23rd letter that I sent? Munchkin. Thank you for having me here. You're such a beautiful Maxine reclaiming my time. Answer the question, ho. (laughs) So, I mean, I love Auntie Maxine because she doesn't let nothing get by. Like she has no time for the nonsense. But that's the example that... the Urban Dictionary gave, but I always like to elaborate with my own opinions. So with this reclaiming my time thing, I think that we definitely need to adopt this behavior. I think that, and this is not really just for relationships, but in in life period, we allow people to waste our time on a daily basis. And people who are on our time are wasting our time, right? Like we have the floor, we have the platform, and we bring on people and their negative energies that are t- that are wasting our time while we're on our time, right? And so I love this whole reclaiming my time business. And I feel like some people think that, you know, it's a little rude or it's, if it's sharp and it's harsh to be cutting people off, but they should have never been on your time anyways, right? Time is a precious commodity like you will never get that back and so we have to be more mindful as we are growing spiritually and growing and all, you know, in every sense of the word, to be very mindful of our time and who we, you know, who we share it with, who we give it to, and to be mindful that when we are on our own time, that we cannot allow people to, to jump in on our time and take it from us. And if they do that, we cannot be afraid to reclaim our time, right? We cannot be afraid to take back what's taken, you know, what, what was taken from us. So I thought it was interesting. I thought that, like, since we're talking about... um relationship today that it would be interesting uh it was an interesting choice of urban dictionary i feel like every week they supply me with like a good five and there's always one that is on par with the topic of the day so there you go that is the urban dictionary word or phrase of the week now we are on to one of my favorite sections of the show it is now time for the big up of the week So, this week's big up of the week goes to Society Block in partnership with Soul Politics and Clay Sculpts. So, this organization is throwing a back to school give back in Brooklyn and it's aimed towards students. Persevering Through Adversity. We all know that this coronavirus situation has definitely affected our students. And as September is right around the corner, it seems as if we are going to be back at a remote learning space, right? And so we need our kids to be equipped with supplies that will ensure that they are successful for this new school year. So some of the supplies they are looking for are mouse pads, wired and wireless mouse um, headphones slash earphones, computer screen wiping cloths, one subject notebooks, pocket sized hand sanitizers, sanitizing wipes, um, pens, pencils, crayons, highlighters, backpacks. And, you know, anything else you could think a student might need for for the school year. But those um those particular items, I think, are priority because we are moving to a remote learning platform. Right. So. We need them to have earphones and headphones. We need them to be able to have uh, mouse pads. I mean, hell, we need them to have devices, right? Because a lot of the students, a lot of the kids did not have the proper devices for whatever reason, you know? Um, so whatever it is that you can donate, in terms of the supplies would be great. They are also accepting cash donations. So you can give, you know, as small as $5. Um, but again, if you can give more, which we encourage people to give more, please give more because these are our kids we're talking about. This is the future generation. We need to ensure that they are not left behind in these educational systems, right? So the Cash App is, you could, uh, oh, it's not Cash App. It's Venmo. You can Venmo at Society, S O C I E T Y underscore block, B L O C C. If you have any questions, please direct them to societiesblock at gmail.com. So S O C I E T I E S B L O C C at Gmail.com or call or text six four six four eight one three six one five I'm gonna have all this information posted on my according to RP um, page so follow it if you're not following it But let's let's help our kids like I mean, and also these organizations that are coming together to do this like amazing work. I know a lot of them do not do it for the glory or for the recognition, but the fact that you're doing it is important. And our kids thank you. Our parents thank you. You know, the community thanks you for the great work that you do. We are on to the meat of the show. All right, everyone. I'm here with my very special guest, Angela Holton. Angela, say hello
2: hello thank you so much for having me
0: today of course thank you for making the time to to be on this platform and to just share your knowledge with us excited to be here i love talking about my work so
2: passionate about it so thank you
0: you are welcome so angela if you could just tell the people a little bit about who you are what do you do where you're from ah sure i
2: love that question (laughs) And I'll I'll start with where I'm from, because, you know, people always say you're from where you're born. And I don't know if I agree with that.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree with you
2: with that, too. yeah. (laughs) Because I was I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, where I lived. Till I was six years old, but I grew up predominantly in Los Angeles and Denver, Colorado. Mm,
1: okay.
2: i lived in five or six major U.S. cities and three different countries, so where would
0: you say I'm from?
2: I'm from, I don't know, I'm a global citizen.
0: <laughs> yes, you're, yes, I like that, a global citizen. <laughs> right. I call Cleveland and Denver
2: my, where I grew up, and Colorado is where I spent a lot of my formative years, and we transplanted here, and so I'm actually here now,
1: okay. but-
2: So, yeah, global citizen, lived in multiple places, and I am a dating and relationship coach and speaker, author, and people have called me an expert, so I guess I'm expert at it. (laughs) And and what makes me expert at it is that I've lived and walked the journey of being a single dating woman in my 40s, not ever thinking that I would be. So I've taken what were some of my greatest challenges and struggles with being single and not having the family that I've dreamt of since I was a child, healing from that pain and that, that longing and sadness of not having it, and have transformed that into a really powerful purpose and mission for myself. So I love the work that I do. I reach and teach women around the world to cultivate relationship with self in order to improve relationship with romantic partners and all relationships.
0: And I think that's so important because I think a lot of us have it backwards and, you know, we think about, you know, well, we got to go ahead and get the relationship and then hopefully that relationship will help us become better people. And that's not the case.
2: Not at all. You know, we live in a culture and a society that's pretty much like a checklist. You know, you go to elementary school, check, junior high, check, high school, prom, check, graduation, check, college, check, you know, and I went on to grad school and it's all these check boxes. Mm-hmm. And then you think, or you're deluded into believing that the family, the relationship, the white picket fence, that, you know, dream family is part of that checklist. And it just comes right as a rite of passage when you've mm-hmm. accomplished everything else. And it's the biggest misnomer and fallacy that we're taught. And it's ingrained in our subconscious as children that it's just easy to find relationships. It's easy to be married. It's mm-hmm. easy to have that, you know. Um, happily ever after, which doesn't exist. So, you know, my work that I do is to really debunk that whole narrative that it's just lies we've been fed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, And we suffer, at least I did, you know, we suffer when we have become ingrained with that coding and we don't have to suffer, you know, and that's my mission. So we do have it backwards, you know, it's really life is a journey and even though you know we are in community and in relationship it is a journey of the self mm-hmm. you know for spiritual emotional and mental capacity we're always evolving and we can only do that individually and solely within ourselves like no one else is ingrained or part of our own internal healing we have to do that work ourselves so making anything external to us whether that's a college degree titles professions, relationships, family, marriage, kids, being the sort of the end-all be-all or the, the determining factor of our peace and our happiness and our salvation. It's really turned the other way around,
0: so. Yeah, and and as you're saying all of this, I'm thinking about my childhood, you know, I'm, I'm Haitian American, Caribbean, and all of those things, you know, the, t- the titles, the degrees, and all of that, was where like the value was placed. Right. And so as I'm growing up and a lot of my friends, we have the same similar stories. We're growing up, we're being taught that you need to have X, you need to have this. And then when you have everything, you can pick and choose the man that you want. And a lot of us, you know, we're in our thirties now and we're like, wow, we can pick and choose, right. Cause we don't have anything, <laughs> not, not the reality we were sold.
2: Not at all. It's, it's, so such a lie and so discouraging. And, you know, again, you feel like you do all the right things in life and then you'll have that choice to choose and it'll just be a plethora of options. Mm -hmm. You get there and you're like, okay, I'm ready. Where is he? Where is she? Whatever you're looking for isn't readily there like everything else was. You know, when you wanted to apply to schools and apply for the right job and put out the resume, those seemed like really manageable and we really felt a sense of control, although we really don't have control over anything. But choosing and finding a partner, a life partner, Wow. We're just not told. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and with time and life evolving and living in such a modern society we're in now in the 21st century, things have radically changed with mm-hmm. the way the traditional family looks. And there is no traditional family. You know, Everything's yeah. very new. Dating has changed. Everything's changed. So we have to change and modernize, modernize with, the times, with the changes.
0: I will say, I mean, I feel like you're a breath of fresh air and I'm grateful that there are people like you that are out here doing this work and, and you know, really find, you know, helping women find, I guess, the balance really, right? Absolutely. Um, I think it's so important because it's, you know, the, the amount of damage that's been done um, is, I can't even quantify it, but I know that, you know, there is, you know, as we are evolving, as society is starting to change, I think that people are becoming more self-aware and they're looking for that deeper you know, connection and they're looking for that you know, that authenticity. Um, and oftentimes we can't bring it ourselves. And that's why you know, having coaches like you, uh, inspirational women helping us get to our best selves, I think it's so critical, especially in these particular times, you know, where black women are feeling under attack and black men are under attack. It's so important. It is. You
2: know, and if you asked me to speak on this, you know, five, 10 years ago about this, I wouldn't have, I would have been bemoaning a different story. You know, I would have been speaking as a victim. Why me? Why hasn't this happened? And, you know, blaming everything and everyone outside of myself as to why I didn't have the relationship and the perfect picture that I imagined for myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I'm a breath of fresh air now because you <laughs> talked to me 10 years ago and you told me, Angela, you know, your singleness and this difficult journey you're going through is going to help serve other women. And it's really going to be one of your greatest gifts. And in spite of all the challenges you're going to go through, 10 years ago, I would have said, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I want my relationship. <laughs> I still said, no, no, I really just want the relationship. Like, you know, not that that, you know, again, for me growing up, and maybe it was because my parents divorced when I was so young. Mm-hmm. I think consciously I always wanted that opportunity to do over what my parents were not successful at, right? Ah, okay. Absolutely. So I had a definitely, I definitely had a really uh, paramount desire for children and family. Mm -hmm. I wanted it on my own. I guess maybe I wanted to recreate that on my own terms. I was so passionate about having that and, you know, create, I thought I was creating my life to have that. And, you know, having gone through that journey, I know now that that desire to have family and children really wasn't coming from my highest self.
1: Mm -hmm. It was
2: coming from a place of need. It was coming from my inner child, a place of scarcity where I was still trying to heal a core wound that I had within myself, You know, a void that we often had that's missing. And that void within me was brought to my attention in a massive way when I had a dog who died six years ago. And that Mm -hmm. little dog served as my partner, my companion, my baby, all the things that I wanted, I was getting from this little animal. And when he transitioned, the void that I probably always had was massive. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to take that journey inward, which is really what this is about. It's an inward journey. I didn't want to go get another dog or seek partnership or anything outside of myself to fulfill me ever. Not a job title, not, you know, I lived in New York and I sold real estate for 14 years for a luxury firm. You know, you get conditioned to believe in a lot of bogus things. Mm-hmm. In New York. Yep. <laughs> yeah. it's constant it's a constant rat race you're constantly on this unrealistic journey of success and it can just beat you up and torment you and you know you think your life is supposed to look like everybody else's life in New York and I was caught up in that that story. And so I really decided at that point no. And it wasn't even just my decision. God was speaking to me. There was a call to serve and to align with my destiny and my purpose and why I'm here. And that's when I had to truly turn the mirror reflection, mirror to myself and look at my own reflection. There was no sugarcoating. There was no filling my voids with anyone or anything. It was me, myself, and I, and the Spirit of God. And I had to go dig deep, very deeply.
0: Wow. And I'm, and again, like it's that, it's that, it's that digging deep that's missing from this conversation when we're talking about dating and relationships, you know, that piece, that, that critical piece of, of self-work and digging deep seems to always be missing from that conversation. And, And I'm wondering, do you find that, um, do you find that to be the to, to be one of the biggest challenge when we're speaking about you know relationships because I I want to get into this you know to your to your life's work really this you know relationships and dating and right now while we're in this global pandemic people are still wanting to connect they're still wanting to date they're still yearning for a partnership but they don't really know how to do so like pandemic aside you know that that's its own you know uh, barrier or obstacle but outside of that we're finding that more, you know, as, as the years are going by, right, as we're becoming more and more modernized, um, women and men are finding it so hard to find meaningful relationships. And so I want to kind of find out from you, like, what do you think is the biggest challenge to that? Or what are some of the biggest challenges?
2: So, you know, I first want to just say that, you know, we are in different times,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: even before the pandemic hit, we are in the age of the Aquarian. We are in the spiritual enlightenment age. That's why we're seeing so many more coaches, spiritual teachers, leaders, thought leaders that are out here vocal, transforming lives, speaking about meditation, mindfulness. When all of this was considered hokey pokey, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you 20, 30 years ago, hippies did yoga. And we we looked at yoga as like this really weird, you know, exercise of what is that? Like it was sort of, you know, and even in some of the black cultures and community, yoga was and meditation were considered like, you know, voodoo and mm-hmm. attack, that you didn't do. So I think it's important to know that I do believe we are making this incredible, powerful shift as a collective. And so whether you have decided to embark on this journey individually the collective is transforming. The global planetary consciousness is shifting, whether you want to be a part of it or not, it's shifting in front of us. And we're seeing everything literally pulled from under us, turned upside down. And I believe, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a believer, and I know that God is in control of all this, I believe we are being required to take this journey, mm. to take that inward step. There, you know, with the pandemic, and as I was saying earlier, you know, you have all these external vices, right? These accoutrements in our lives, the shopping, the travel, the eating out, all these things that just fill our time, and sometimes we can become addicted and obsessed with these things. Well, what happens when those things are removed from our lives and we're really just stuck with ourselves? Like this has been a journey to go inward, whether we want to or not. So, I do believe we are doing it and for some are just starting the journey, others are, you know, going are deeper in the journey, but you know, it's all about just starting the the conversation with yourself, starting and being willing to have the conversation with yourself about doing the inner work. The inner work is not a bed of roses. It's not a, always a fun and pleasant journey but it is the most meaningful, worthwhile, beautiful, transformative process you can ever experience in your life. So all everyone, all they have to do is just say, yes, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. The moment you say, yes, I'm ready, the universe will show up and God will show up to uh, conspire to bring you everything that you're looking for, but will also send you your teachers, right? The Buddha says that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm-hmm. And that's what really happened for me. The moment I started even questioning my life purpose, the moment I started seeking and wanting more things for myself, people experience just crossed my path in this really powerful way that could only have been part of my destiny, so to speak. So the willingness to just say, yes, I want my relationships to be and look differently than they have been. And rather than pointing fingers and saying, oh, it's the dating culture, it's Mm -hmm. modern civilization, it's the dating apps, it's men, it's women, it's pointing fingers, if we would all just stop projecting and pointing and blaming and turn the finger inward, not to blame ourselves, but to say, how can I be part of the change, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, change starts from self, right? Anything that we want to see on the outside has to begin on the inside. So if we all just start with that the willingness to look within, things will change radically on the
0: outside. And as you're speaking, I'm just thinking about like, you know, the, the power of the tongue, right? And the power of positive thinking. Um, and I think that a lot of times because of just all the negativity that, you know, we've either experienced ourselves that we've seen, we've been exposed to with respect to relationships, it's so easy to be, to say negative and to put the negativity out there. But it sounds like, you know, if you are, truly willing, because I think sometimes maybe we think we're willing, but we're really not. We haven't you know, done enough work in ourselves to get to that point. But if we're truly willing, then things will happen. So it sounds like one of the biggest challenges to entering these relationships or, or, or welcoming relationships is ourselves.
2: Absolutely. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we're the biggest obstacles. We're the ones getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And we're the only ones that can change that process. We're the only one that can change what our relationships are looking like. You know? And in terms of the stories, you know, we can either ascribe to the negative stories that we're telling ourselves, or we can ascribe to new beliefs and make a choice to choose different thoughts. Mm-hmm. So if you, again, if you go down the rabbit hole of all the negative things about dating and relationships, that's going to be your experience. You're going to speak into existence exactly what you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. and so if we can choose negative thoughts and negative experiences we we challenge and and train our minds to think positively it really is a mastery of mindset being aware of what you are speaking and telling yourself particularly as black people black women you we get to choose whether we believe the narratives that are said about us. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think definitely during these times when we're seeing and have seen for centuries, but even just recently for our generation, you know, the generations that have not been part of the civil rights movement of the 60s, where we're seeing, you know, all these negative images and portrayals of black people, we have to be so careful and tender hearted with ourselves that we don't allow those. Portrayals to seep into our psyche, into our subconscious. You know, it's telling yourself, I am not the person that society and racism portrays me to be, and neither of my people. I am beautifully, uh, fearfully, and wonderfully made. I am a child of God. I am beautiful. I am deserving. I am black and proud. I am a beautiful black woman. I'm a beautiful black man. You know, those are the stories we have to tell ourselves because if not, when we keep seeing these things on TV, on the newspaper and social media, how do you not, you know, how do you not let that creep in? How do you not start believing those negative things or it could impact our self-esteem and our self-worth? Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful the information that gets in and that we expose ourselves to. It's a constant narrative conversation and dialogue we have with ourselves about being a woman, about being a person of color. You know, Are we going to accept the negative portrayals and stereotypes? or are we gonna believe who we really are, how we are created, and the purpose that we're here to serve?
0: Okay. Now, with that being said, do you, f- I mean, so there is, you know, this, this this rhetoric that Black women have it the hardest when it comes to finding a mate. Now, do you find that Black women are disproportionately single? Like, is there actually um, data that really substantiates this this idea, this notion? So, yeah,
2: that's where I'm gonna go back and say, I don't get caught up into the data and the statistics, and this is why. Mm -hmm. If we, you know, they say that over fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Yeah. So if we read that and see that and ascribe to that, chances are that's going to impact your marriage.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Right. So it's not about what you see and what you read out there. It's what you see and you create within yourself. Right. Um, I recently heard a quote by Bishop Dale Bronner at a church service I was listening to with Pastor Ar Bernard at. Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he said, whatever informs you also forms you. Mm. So, wherever we're getting our information from is going to form our thoughts, our minds, our beliefs, and our opinions. So, if we look at the data and say, oh, oh it's going to be hard for me to date on these dating apps because black women are least likely to be chosen or we're disproportionately single if you read that and believe that as your information and your source, that's going to form your thoughts, your opinion, and how you even enter into the dating world, you're going to believe from a scarcity mindset, no one's going to choose me. Mm -hmm. I'm least likely to be chosen. I'm not buying that. (laughs) And you don't have, no one has to, right. You know, or, or what was it? Someone said years ago, that. um, a woman in her forties is more likely to die of a terrorist attack than to ever be married. Mm-hmm. I'm not believing in that. Not for me, not for my life.
0: Yeah. Or, that's not our portion.
2: Or, or, a, or a woman, a black woman, the more educated she is, the least likely she is to be married. According to whom,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, you have to be careful where you're getting your information from and what you choose to believe in. I'm choosing to believe it takes just one individual male to meet me. Just one just one. And there are almost 8 billion people on this planet. I don't know how many of them are men in my cohort, but I'm just saying there are a lot of people on this planet and there is something greater than any data. And that's God, the presence and the energy and, of, and power of God that who can, you never know when you're going to cross paths with that person. So it's training your mind like you know what, I just need one person and believing that that one person is out there. So ladies that are listening You know, you can choose to listen to the data and believe that, and that will be your experience in dating, that no one wants you, that you are least likely to be chosen, that you're least likely to be desired, and that will be your experience. Mm -hmm. Or you can go in there with confidence and say, I'm I'm doing this. I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to date from my highest self. And I'm going to attract and magnetize love to me because I'm going to be that mirror reflection of love. And keeping our lens and our mindsets open to how that form of love shows up to us.
0: Mm, I think that's a very important key right there, being open-minded. I think a lot of us have been, you know, you know, because of our upbringing and, and whatnot, we've been trained to to think a particular way. We've been trained to have certain types of expectations, and and whether we want to admit it or not, we we are very or maybe the best way to say is we're not as open-minded to, you know, going with the flow as we might portray. And I think that might be why a lot of us are are in, in the positions that we are. We're actually not open to receiving love in the form of however God is willing to send it to us. That's right. That's right. And those...
2: That's why it requires really spending time with yourself and understanding who you are and what your needs are and values and standards and not the standards, values, and needs that society has projected onto all of us. And that's what I do in the Conscious Dating Method courses. You know, I help women get clear on what they want. And that takes time because sometimes you think the voice that you hear is your own voice. Mm -hmm. Actually, Actually, it's the voice of your church your parents, your grandparents, the media, Hollywood, entertainment, you know, all music, all these things that have created this paradigm, dating and relationship paradigm. And so really deconstructing that and creating a new one takes a lot of self-awareness
1: mm-hmm. and
2: saying, okay, who am I and what really brings me pleasure and a sense of fulfillment? And by spending time with yourself and learning how to please and fulfill yourself is where you start. And so how that person shows up in a package might be and look differently than you ever imagined. But when you know your core values Mm. and standards and that person shows up and meets you there, for me, that's the point of connection and attraction and then the physical part and whatever else chemistry can grow from that place.
0: That is so important, this idea of you know, knowing what your core values and core standards are, because women, we get this all the time. Your standards are too high. Your standards are unreasonable. You're never going to find anybody, you know, with these type of requirements. Um, and I think that a lot of times we do get caught up in this, you know, in that rhetoric. But if you know who you are and you do the self-work and you're comfortable with, you know, the, I guess, the standards and, and the the values um, that you I guess so desire then you know if you put it out there you know whatever you put out there if it's positivity it sounds like you know you're you're going to get what what you deserve right or you're going to get at least what is meant for you regardless yeah. of what's happening absolutely and I mean you know look this isn't
2: about lowering your standards we have mm-hmm. to have standards and values but it's really looking at are those standards realistic that we have and are they built on really valuable things or are they very superficial things
0: yes yes Yes. And that I know I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day with respect to, you know, just, again, dating and, you know, whether or not there needs to be a readjustment of expectations, you know, and standards. And, you know, my response was, you know, like your standards are your standards. But as you get older, you start to dis- you start to really look to see whether this re- what is the height requirement really that, you know, imperative yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, and when you think about it, I mean, each person is beautifully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if God made them not the height, I mean... Do do they deserve to not be loved? Do they can are you not, you know, are they not worthy of your love because of a height requirement? Mm-hmm. That that's seeing just from just your eyes. And if you're really looking for a deep, soulful connection and you're looking for a relationship that's in service to God, you go beyond the physical. You have to go beyond the physical. You have to be willing to see people through your heart and the way that God sees us and to mm-hmm. love the way God loves us, not in our limited capacity. You know, we, uh, like the show Love is Blind, which I didn't watch the series, but I know the premise of it, uh, the Netflix show. I did watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Love really should be blind. It really should be based on core values and mm-hmm. the connection and experience we have with someone. And when you tap into that connection with some someone, the eyes begin to see the beauty from that. And mm-hmm. if that beauty is created from the inside. And I know that because I've seen that. I've seen as I've matured. And here's the thing, ladies, gentlemen, you know, if you're ready and wanting a conscious, soulful relationship, you have to be willing to show up as a conscious, soulful man or woman. It's you have to, if you're looking for a mature relationship, you have to show up with maturity. Mm-hmm. And so, having superficial qualities, standards, is that really coming from a place of maturity? Or is that coming from a place of, you know, our youth? Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Or, you know, the idea of what we think a relationship should be like, you know? And when you're ready for a mature relationship, you think maturely, you act mm-hmm. differently, and you date differently. And I I say that because I see it within myself. I mean, I've I've given relationships opportunities that I never would have before if that physical spark wasn't there mm-hmm. right away. And I think the physical spark that we are encouraged to so strongly and naively encouraged to experience when you meet someone, mm-hmm. I think is is a detriment to us, especially for women, um, that mm-hmm. we think that we're supposed to feel these. This levitation of our bodies when we meet someone or there's supposed to be this connection in chemistry right away. And I think that can be, again, detrimental if you're really out there looking to date someone. And so I really want women to
0: search for heart qualities. And I'm glad you commented on that because I, to be you know fully transparent, mm-hmm. I, for me, I feel like, you know, you don't have to be the finest person in the world, right? I mean, I, I have my height requirements, but I've, I've never stuck to them, right? They're just mm-hmm. things that you put out there. But for me, I feel like I have to have this connection in order for it, to actually even become like a first date or anything like that. Like that's like, that's always been my, my thing. And I've always felt like, oh no, you know, I'm not being superficial because it's about the connection that I feel with this person. So it sounds like you're saying that, you know, that connection might actually lead that or that desired connection that we think is, I guess the nucleus of everything is, is, is potentially detrimental and why a lot of us have probably passed up on really good men.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, look, and connection is important. I'm not saying skip over and be with someone you don't have a connection with or have physical chemistry with. Mm-hmm. What I'm suggesting is sometimes that connection has a slow burn
1: mm-hmm.
2: and are willing to have the slow burn. I mean, yes, there's someone you can intuitively sense is not the right person on these dating apps, or there's something that puts you off trust that i'm not saying with every person that shows up you know not use your senses and your intuition and determine whether there's this person's off for you or not right that's not what i'm suggesting what i'm suggesting is not to expect a connection and chemistry and sparks Mm -hmm. from one phone conversation or even the first date or even the second date i mean i've seen it within myself where i have become highly attracted and a man has become very desirable to me whom originally uh uh-uh. I was not interested <laughs> at all. And it was basically mostly physical attributes that I wasn't attracted to
1: mm-hmm. or,
2: you know, but again, when you're ready to show up in a conscious relationship and be a conscious woman and date with maturity, you're going to look, listen and look for other things. Does this person have the same life goals as me? Do we laugh together? Do we have fun? Is he interesting? You know, does he have the same faith or does he have a faith in God? Like whatever your core values are, start from that place. If you have a good time with someone, good conversation, start with that connection.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As opposed right. to this
0: butterfly in the standard yes. oh, the
2: Butterflies, I wrote something not too long ago. Butterflies are lies. How many times have we had butterflies and that relationship caused us some of our greatest pain, mm-hmm. right? Butterflies were real and they were in true indicators of love and <laughs> relationship, well, we wouldn't be either single because that, you know, that that is dating from our animal, animalistic side, mm. our animal nature. When you're looking for just that chemistry and those sparks and those butterflies, we are creatures, we're animals. But do we want to date and create a lifetime relationship from our animal nature? No, we want to evolve into our spiritual nature and we want to attract from our spiritual nature, from our heart qualities. So mm. when you start there the eyes begin to see something different in someone in front of you. They become beautiful because of the way they treat you and the way they make you feel when you're with them. Mm. The way they show up for you, the way that you're confident and they're supportive to you. And those things, and you're talking and you're laughing and you're having great conversation. Oh, let me tell you, true intimacy can grow from that place. And you don't even see the things physically that you saw before. And you begin to think, Oh, my man is the finest thing in this room, <laughs> and you can't tell a woman that he's not because mm-hmm. she genuinely sees that, but she sees it from the inside out, and that is to me where you create a truly conscious, loving relationship.
0: Mm. And it's funny because this past week I binge watched—I um, think it's Indian matchmaking oh, on Netflix.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I saw it. Saw the trailer.
0: Yes. And in watching it, I was like, I had a a newfound respect for this arranged marriage situation. Because at first I was like, nah, you know, again, butterflies, I need the butterflies, I need all of this. But then when I was looking at, you know, again, like, you know, matching people with respect to their, you know, their values, right, their core values. Things of that nature, and I'm like, so this is how this works, and I'm like, this doesn't sound like a really bad thing. Um, but in a lot of those situations, you know, you'll hear from people who were in arranged marriages that they they learned to love that person, and they're you know they've been married for like 40 years, 50 years, and this is the love of their life, right? But had it not been for this arrangement, they would have never chosen this person offsite. So I find that to be really interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, love. No matter how it comes to you, is a choice. Mm -hmm. Love is a choice that you make. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a decision. And like you said, when these people are, you know, uh, matches are made, they choose to love that partner. And when you choose to love someone, and you show up in your actions consistently with love toward that person, and they show up with consistent love toward you, and God is at the center of that, your your connection is 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 created from something beyond the physical.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: spiritual and emotional connection that has more possibility of longevity than anything that's just, oh, I saw him across the street and there was just this connection. Mm-hmm. Sparks. sparks like any fire, flame, they burn out. They fizzle. They fizzle. So you know, sure. If you want to date and cultivate from that place, just know that things like that can burn. And if you're not really rooted in the other qualities in a person, that's what's going to show up when that fizzle burns off and it's not there. You're going to see the things that you might have missed or ignored because we were caught up in the the sparks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But if you date from heart qualities, a heart-centered, you know, awareness in your dating, you're attracting from personality character core values and from that place if both partners are willing to continue to grow and evolve in their coupleness you have the true foundation of a relationship and a partnership Mm -hmm. you know so it's it's what it's what people choose you know and i the work that i do is i want women to date differently to see relationships differently and to take ownership for their own relationships and their past history of dating and relationships, and if they want something different, how are they
0: going to create and do it differently? I love that. I love that. And as as a single woman myself, you know, I've, I'm over the years. I've slowly been doing a lot of self work and just trying to get myself to a space where I love myself and that I truly know what my actual values are. Because, you know, growing up in my culture it's everything was kind of spoon fed to you. Like, this is what you had to believe. This is what you, this is what your standards are. This is what your values need to be. And it took a long time for myself and a lot of my other friends to really break away from what was expected of us as to what we expect for ourselves. And, you know, as my friends and I, you know, we're just talking about you know what is dating you know what is the state of dating like how how do we even date like what is what do we do like you know we're in our 30s and we're just like stuck with everything that's going on um it's you know under having this type of understanding, I think, is just a breath of fresh air in terms of of what we really should be looking forward to. I mean, the bug like says up until right now, you know, I was the butterfly effect or at least that initial chemistry was something that I, I really hung on to. And so now I'm actually gonna go back and reevaluate, you know, how I encounter people and how I engage. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, imagine if everyone we went out with are like, ah. Oh. I don't feel like they're just waiting for this magical spark from us mm-hmm. there. No one gives us a chance. So yeah. you have to spend time getting to know someone, you know, and if the conversation flows on the first meeting, start from that place. If you laugh a little bit, even if you just laugh or you have an interesting conversation, start from there, you know, look for personality qualities, you know, the, the thing about dating now, and it's different. Mm -hmm. It may not be fun. We may not like it. And I know for myself, I'm caught up in a very different generational way of dating. I didn't grow up this way. I wasn't like this in my twenties or my thirties, but you know, and if I want to be a modern woman, I have to move and be part of modern times and modern dating and relationships. So I'm okay with that. It keeps me on my toes, (laughs) but you know, in addition to women taking ownership for how they date and have dated in the past, Mm -hmm. It's being intentional about what you say that you want. If you say that you want a relationship, what are your strategies to creating it? You know, in every other area of our lives, we're very strategic about what we want. But when it comes to partnership, we're just expecting it to fall out of the sky. you know, Packaged in a beautiful gold box with a red ribbon. Here you go. You deserve this present. Happy (laughs) birthday. You know, it (laughs) doesn't happen that way. So modern dating is being intentional as you would any anything else in your life that you desire. It's like, what are you going to, what's your strategy? What's your strategy? Mm -hmm.
0: Now, with respect to this um, idea of strategy, right? Going, going on along those, um, those lines, I I guess a a lot of women, you know, uh, I don't know, generation, ex slash millennial women, <laughs> however the charts say right, um, we were raised that you know we are are the women and the men are the ones that have to pursue us, and the men have to really i guess do the work when it comes to you know getting our attention and and, and, and um, establishing whether or not there 's a relationship. but I would be interested in hearing from you you know what is is your take on that because there are a lot of women now who are you know, they're like, I don't want to sit on the sidelines, like I want to go after what's what's mine or what I want. And they're a little more bold. Some might even call them aggressive um, in their pursuit for love and happiness and things of that nature. But what what is your take on that?
2: Yeah, so it's funny, I've had this conversation with a couple other dating coaches recently. There was conversation circulating on Instagram about you know, when you're growing up, you hear, oh, when you're least expecting it or when you're not searching for it or looking for it, that's when it happens. Mm-hmm. Again, I think another big lie that we've been told. Not saying that doesn't happen and because uh, it does and it can. But what we really need to take from that and how we need to shift that now is searching doesn't mean desperation. Searching doesn't mean that you're out there, you know, So so caught up in defining this person that you're not enjoying your life, that you're not enjoying your singleness, that you don't love your life and who you are without this partner. You're not approaching it from this scarcity place because the moment you start dating from this place of lack and scarcity, that's what you attract into your life. You attract a relationship that fulfills that belief that your life is scarce and that there's not enough to go around. So searching means making yourself available. Right? It doesn't mean you're out there on the hunt. men are hunters and gatherers, but women have to be the ones to make themselves available to be seen and to be in the place of receiving. So you're on the dating apps but being intentional and saying yes, this is what I want for myself. but that doesn't mean that a man is not going to pursue you once he's interested. I do I am a strong believer in men pursuing. I like to be courted, I like to be date you know I want to date and yeah. That, that doesn't, neg- because we're being intentional and going after what we want, doesn't mean that we are not going to be pursued. Mm-hmm. And a man who doesn't want to pursue you, if that's a standard that you have, then move on from that. You know, I'm very clear. I mean, I don't say, hey, you know, I need you to pursue me, but the energy and the intention is there. And when a man is interested in you and he believes in his power or his ability and need and desire to pursue, he'll pursue. Mm -hmm. You know, a man who's distracted and has so many options on the dating apps and doesn't call you regularly and doesn't show up consistently, it's not the one. It's not the one. You don't have to do anything to garner his attention. If he's not showing interest regularly and consistently, move on. Don't spend time. I spent time in my 30s, wasted time on relationships, just hoping they were going to evolve into more thinking, you know, oh, you know, this is going to be something or just no, no crumbs, ladies. We deserve more than crumbs. Everybody deserves more. (laughs) And you have to decide if you're going to accept crumbs or not. But, you know, use strategy, be intentional, put yourself out there, make yourself available, visible to be pursued, but also be clear on what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, a man, a man likes a woman and I'm speaking, you know, in the male, female, Uh, partnership, a man likes a woman who has standards and a man who doesn't like a man who woman who has standards probably isn't looking for anything serious, right? But a man who's looking to create a partnership and a relationship and potentially a marriage, he wants a woman who has standards, who's not just going to allow him to be her everything Mm -hmm. that she's going to compromise her integrity and her values and standards for him. Because if a woman is willing to do that, right? if a woman is willing to lower her standards and not honor her self-respect and self-esteem, what does that say about the man who's attracted to her? It's not a good look for him and it's not a good mirror reflection for him. So he's going to want to be with a woman who makes him feel that he deserves her, Right. So she, she has these standards and he's like, Oh, here's a woman that makes me have to like meet her somewhere. That's, that's the spot, you know? And if he's a man of integrity and who wants a relationship, it makes, it matches his self-esteem and self-worth. If that's how he feels about himself when he meets a woman that makes him hold himself up to that.
0: Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. It yeah. makes so much sense. I feel like I've just gotten a whole new like <laughs> lesson on dating and, and relationships. And I, I feel like, okay, how am I going to go apply this now in my everyday life?
2: <laughs> you know, here's the thing. You know, if a man wants you to lower your standards and he's okay with you lowering your standards, you mm-hmm. don't want him because he doesn't really value himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying, yeah. like, you know, Women, please don't go, you know, feeling like this is like, you got to go out there with like a whip and chain and like, okay, this is what I want. And you're just aggressive and controlling and you have to do X, Y, and Z and check off all these things off my list and put them through an interrogation to have one date with you. You know, dating now is dating with curiosity, fun, lightness, and playfulness. You know, men like to be with a partner that's fun that's playful, that make that they have a good time with, you know, where time passes and they don't even realize how much time has passed. Hmm. So when you have done the inner work, you found things that bring you fulfillment and joy within yourself and within your life's work. When he shows up, you're there laughing and sharing. Both of you are sharing your life experiences without trying to complete the other person or looking for that person to complete you. You're already two whole people. So you're there to compliment one each other. Absolutely, complimenting one another is extremely important. But you're not there looking for someone to fill and complete. There's compliment and complete, and you're not looking for them to complete this part of you that feels empty, that feels sad, that doesn't feel like they have a purpose. Because if you think that that relationship is going to fulfill that for you, when the butter, when the whole, you know, what do they call it? The honeymoon phase is past. Whether you know it's marriage or not, but that honeymoon they say last about two to three years, when that's passed, you will be the same person you were before, right? So if you're not happy single, you will not be happy married
1: Mm and or in
2: partnership. You may think that you are because it feels good for a year or whatever, but then it's like, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. And then you're putting pressure on your partner. I'm not happy. You're not spending time with me. You're not making me feel validated. You're not making me feel important. And I'm not saying your partner's not there to show up for you, right? But you start looking for those things that are missing from you and your partner and your partner, you know, is not there to make you happy and fulfill those things for you. Mm -hmm. Too much responsibility that we assign to partners that we need to assign to ourselves. Be responsible for your own happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, I think that that's really The crux of it, a lot of times we're not, we don't take responsibility for our own happy. We expect the man to make us happy. We expect society. We expect our parents. We don't, we expect everybody but ourselves. That's it. And it
2: sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Everything that we need in this life, we already have within ourselves. It's everything that we need to unlock, that we desire, that we seek is from within. And so if we start from that place and we start falling in love with ourselves and our lives and find work that we love, life falls in love with us. And when life falls in love with us, that person, that partner, that man or woman finds us and falls in love with us, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So now with all of that being said, <laughs> right, I mean, it's, it's so profound. It's so deep and so profound. But like everything that you're saying is It's true. It's just that we are just not trained to think about ourselves. Like growing up, it was never about how do you feel? What do you think? You know, are you, are you, you know, in love with yourself? Like it was always you know, the other person, like what you need to do in order to either attract what you need to to, you know, accumulate in terms of accolades and success to attract. And it had nothing to do with the individual. And so it's like a whole new world, like a whole new lens now.
2: <laughs> it, it is. And and what we're going through now with this pandemic and quarantine and being isolated and not being able to fill our vices so quickly and our voids with stuff and things and experiences, hopefully. Many of us can go inward mm-hmm. because that's what this call is. You know, it's to create that divine, sacred relationship with ourselves and our higher power, and it, to avoid that. Oh man, if you if to go right back out into the world as the way you went four months ago, it'd be It'd be unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a cocooning time, and when you come out of the cocoon, you come out differently, and you make a choice with that cocooning experience is going to be. Are you going to evolve? Are you going to reset or stay the same? And I think this is a powerful and really pivotal time for people to assess what hasn't worked in every area of their lives, health, eating, nutrition, relationships, business, work. I think people are questioning their life purpose and their work more than ever now. Oh yeah. I haven't really enjoyed what I've been doing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid to ask yourself those questions because there's a reason those questions are coming up. You know, mm-hmm. God always creates contrast in our lives. And that contrast is an opportunity for us to evolve, to sort of crack through the mold and grow and and elevate to the next level, the next place that God mm-hmm. has. He has to create that discomfort, that sort of... Um, head in a vice where you feel like you're just being squeezed and squeezed and it's like, Oh God, this situation is so uncomfortable. Well, sometimes God has to put that pressure on us. Like he puts pressure on a diamond, you know, puts that pressure on us so that we're made to feel so uncomfortable in order to grow in order to evolve. And so he can continue to shape and mold us into who we're supposed to be. And it's not comfortable. It's very uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean if if a diamond could talk and tell you what it goes through, but look at what happens to that diamond, that brilliance, the sparkle, the magic, the clarity. Mm -hmm. I think it's the things that we use to even measure the quality of a diamond. Right? Yeah. It's the size, it's the clarity and the carrot clarity and cut right Mm -hmm. yeah
0: the three c's or yeah
2: Yeah, (laughs) you know we can think about ourselves in that way you know what's the clarity in which we see within ourselves like where's the sparkle where's the shine or is there smudging and it's okay the heart is not perfect but like what kind of clarity do we see and then the size is not like the physical tangible size we're talking about it's like at what level and what capacity are we able to love and show up in love to ourselves and to others yeah And cut, I don't know, we can make cut about, you know, our evolution, the new molding we want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, the part of our personality that's being reshaped. And, you know, this period of our lives is uncomfortable, but can we settle in the discomfort, feel the pain, feel the experience? Because to move through this period we're in and come out differently happens through feeling what we're going through, not avoiding this part, not hoping and running. I mean, look, we all want to know when this is going to be over, but we don't have control over it. So keep settling in it every day. Keep Mm -hmm. settling in it every day. And even when you get, uh, you know, impatient or doubtful, sit with that. Sit with those feelings and see what the lessons are in that. See where God is inspiring you to connect, maybe spend more time in your conversations with God. I mean, we have more time to spend time with ourselves and with God than ever before, but yet some of us still aren't doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's so true. Like we have the time, but we're still not connecting.
2: Yeah. So, you know, use. I, I just encourage people to use this time. I think dating during this time is great. It's mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful
0: time to date. And many find it, I think because of, you know, I guess the social distancing and whatnot. And, and, you know, I've heard people say it was hard to date before the pandemic. (laughs) Like now you want us to date during a global pandemic. But I mean, I've I've met, I've talked to people who've who've actually been on dates and they've been on nature dates. And it it was, it's, you know, outside of the whole, I guess, five-star restaurant requirement, all the glitz and glam. Like they're just able to really see people for who they are more so now.
2: Absolutely. So
0: again, we go back to, you know,
2: what we speak and what we think is what we create. So if we think that dating in this pandemic is going to be hard, it's going to be hard. And honestly, I can say for me, it's been easier because Mm -hmm. people have more time on their hands. More people are on the dating apps. More people are interested in conversation. People have the availability to talk on the phone for hours and to connect. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have the distractions to, you know, sort of gloss over, you know, the, 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 the core values of a person, right? Where you can see them physically, again, we talk about that spark, you know, when you see someone or you have that physical attraction or that instant gratification of physical intimacy faster than, sooner than you've gotten to know them emotionally, we may think that there's a connection that's not really there. So this time in dating really affords us to get to know someone from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So, it's a great time to date. It's, yeah, and it again, it's the narrative that you choose to tell yourself. And how beautiful is it to be able to go on picnics and walks in the park and have virtual dates and just talk, you know, without always having, yeah, don't get me wrong, like physical connection is important. Yeah. Really hold hands. But, you know, once the relationship gets to that point, maybe you and that partner have self quarantined enough where you then feel comfortable. Having a non-social distancing date,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's but it doesn't have to be the end of the world in dating unless that's that's the lens that we want to see it through. But you can flip that and see this as a great opportunity to date because people are more curious and more interested in connecting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you have options, and then you have this really precious time to get to know someone from the inside and match on that level. So I encourage people to get out there, swipe, swipe left, swipe right, <laughs> be intentional. And you know, don't spend hours and days texting, get on the phone, yeah. walk and you know, again, put on your big girl pants, put on your big girl panties. Like what is it that you want? And what is it that you say that you want for yourself going forward in a relationship? So what are you willing to do? How are you willing to show up differently? And not, this is hard and I don't want to do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what is it that you want?
0: Yeah, I think that is the main question. And I can say that a lot of people think they know what they want. Or again, I guess they're emulating what they see others want and they make that their want. But that is where a lot of us fail and that that's that's probably like you said, you know, taking taking ownership for I guess our choices and, and and things about things of that nature. You know, now sitting back and like listening to all of this and putting everything in perspective, I'm like, this is exactly where a lot of women and men, you know, just go wrong, not knowing what they want, not knowing who they are, and blaming every everyone and everything for I guess their poor choices and, and lack of focus and and, and whatnot. But Mm. Um, I like what you were saying, you know, this dating consciously um, and, and you know, the, the heart qualities and really being intentional. I think that that's what's key and that's what will definitely make a difference moving forward.
2: Good, Yeah. You know, our lives are a series of the choices that we've made. It's, so if we don't like the way our lives look now, going forward, how are we going to choose differently? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can tell you, this was definitely, you know, it's not the conversation that I a hundred percent thought it was going to be because, you know, I'm oh. used to date. No, but this is, I mean, this is, I totally, uh, surpassed my expectations because normally, you know, you're expect I was expecting, you know, oh, dating coach. All right. They're going to say, do this, do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, even with the questions when I was curating them and I was just like, her response is just kind of like, it's like kind of dismantled the questioning (laughs) and it took me to a different level. And I was like, this is actually like, you know, who cares about the stats? Who cares about whether blacks are less likely or whatever it is? It's like, you know, what are, what's the narrative for you? Yeah.
2: So here's the thing, how I like to differentiate myself from, you know other coaches. And I mean, we all have, we all offer and provide something very different. And you know, there are other coaches that are like me also, or again, we each have a different gift to share, but I'm not a tactical dating coach. I'm not about Mm -hmm. tactics. I'm a transformational dating coach, right? I can, we can talk about tactics all the time. Call them back on the first date, text this date, wait three hours, wait four hours, don't sleep with them on the first date, wait three months, but that's not going to change the integrity, the substance, or the quality of relationships if you haven't changed within yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I do tend to kind of go much further beyond tactics. I don't really talk too much about dating tactics. I'm happy to answer questions about dating tactics, mm-hmm. but it's not going to change the culture and the nature of relationships. It'll change the first three months or the first five minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think this is, I think this conversation is so needed because there's not enough of this type of conversation happening, Mm -hmm. particularly in our community. You know, it might be happening in other communities, but I think in the black community, especially this type of approach to dating and relationships, this is not being shared. This is not happening as much, at least not on like wide scales. And I think that it's so critical because it's our women that are, you know, at the tail end of a lot of these things. And it's like, you know, we're, we're the ones that the, st- the statistics are being made about. And we're the ones who are being, you know, told that we're not good enough. We're not, you know, we we don't have the features. We don't have, you know, the more educated we are, the less likely. Like we are being told this day in and day out and we're seeing the messaging. And, you know, it's a lot of our spirits are being broken. And a lot of women have just given up or they've just, you know what, I'll just deal with whatever I can get at this point point. Yeah. and they're settling.
2: Yeah. Well, you don't have to settle. I'm not encouraging settling, but I'm encouraging you to be mindful of where you get your information.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: if you listen to the data, you'll become the data. You'll believe mm-hmm. in the data and you'll date from that data perspective.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I refuse to believe the data because why, why should I, you yeah. know, God didn't create me with that data. That's not going to be the story of my life. And it doesn't have to be the story of anyone else's life, you know? So, but your life is going to move into the direction of your predominant thoughts and your belief system. So if you believe that data, that it's going to be hard or you're counted out because you're a black woman, that's what you'll create. Mm -hmm. But if you say, okay, I'm out here, I'm putting my highest and best self out there. I only need one person. I'm showing up to dating and to relationships like I've never done before. I'm ready to be mature and put on my big girl panties and date with integrity. I'm not going to ghost people. I'm Mm going to be responsible. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be vulnerable, which I know black women often have difficulty with, right? We want this endearing, loving, romantic, passionate man who just sweeps us off our feet and makes us feel so loved, but yet we don't know how to give that vulnerability and love to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, if you want vulnerability and partnership, which is the foundation of true intimacy and connection, we have to be willing to be vulnerable and exposed with ourselves.
0: So, mm-hmm.
2: right. So it depends on what, you know, you can go out there and keep saying the same narrative. Oh, it's just being so hard for me. Cause I, oh, many want this, there are many other strategies to dating. You know, I, you can work with me as a dating coach and there are others out there, but if what you've been doing has not been working, be willing to try something different. I keep, People in my life to help me elevate myself from Mm -hmm. prayer coaches to accountability coaches, business influences. So, I want to be my best self, and I can't do that alone. I need other people who can see my blind spots as well and can see what I'm doing from a bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. So, be willing to get coached, take courses, study. Right? Relationship skills require practice. It's a skill set to be in a relationship, but yet we think it's just second nature. Yeah. No. We're hardwired for in- connection. Right, We're community-oriented people. We, we, we're in tribes and you know, we want to be loved and connected, but that is not what creates relationships. A relationship are with two conscious people willing to put in and do the work. And it takes skill sets from both parts. So while you're single and you're dating and you want to manifest that partner, how are you preparing? What are your relationship strengths and weaknesses? What are your skill sets? And when I ask women that, they're like, I don't know, you know, use this time to prepare. Use this time because that person may show up and you're like, you got to stop spending less time with your friends. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to compromise. You have to learn to communicate. You need to learn how to be vulnerable, sharing, listening. So there's a lot we can choose to be practicing on and working on during this time. Not just say, okay, I'm ready for this person to just show up, but yet I haven't practiced one relationship skill. Mm-hmm. Study. Wow. Be prepared. Like you would anything else in your life. Do the work so that you can create the greater greater outcome and, and levels of success in your relationship like anything else. Because if you don't do the work, that amazing person could show up today. And we could sabotage it because yes. we don't believe we deserve it. Or we could just sort of self-destruct the, the relationship because we don't have the skills to nurture it and maintain it. So ladies, gentlemen, listening, you know, what are your weaknesses? Can you, can we look at our flaws and see where we may not show up as our best self in a relationship? And can you start to hone in on that skill and practice that skill? And the conscious dating method is about dating to practice those skills because the more you date and practice, you get to see yourself. You get to see how you show up and strengthen and fine tune that skill. God's not just going to send you somebody because you say, I'm ready. No, he knows when we're ready.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And if we want a godly relationship, a godly marriage, we have to have some godly centered qualities and skill sets.
0: Yep. Yep. We we don't talk about a lot of that either. You know, we expect something, uh, but we're not putting that same energy out. Like we expect a relationship. We expect a man who's God-fearing, but yet we're not truly God-fearing. Right. Very problematic. So Angela, I just, I want, I mean, this information, like I said, this entire episode has really been transformative for me. So I know that, you know, I keep my ears to the streets when it comes to the ladies and the guys. So I kind of have an idea of, you know, the stuff that they're talking about and the things that they're looking for. And I think that this um, episode, this show is definitely going to change their lives as well. But you are a coach and there are people who are probably wondering where can we get this lady? How can how can I get her to get my life? <laughs> how can we find you? You know, I know you mentioned some books. Like we want to be able to support you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that and appreciate
2: the question. So you can find me in several couple places. My Instagram is Angela in Holton, which um, maybe you have it in the show notes, the spelling. Mm-hmm. Angela N. Holton is my Instagram. My Facebook is Angela N. Holton, but I'm much more visible on Instagram. My website is lovesanctuary.com. And you can always reach me by email and I'll do my, you know, I do read all my emails and I respond as quickly as I can. Info at lovesanctuary.com. I do have a book. It's called the conscious dating method workbook journal, deepen understanding of yourself and improve your relationships. It's also available on Amazon. You can put in conscious dating method and you'll see it. It's a workbook journal and it's actually designed to be your companion while you're dating. It asks you some of the questions to look at ourselves. You know, they're, you know, my clients and people who buy the book, they're like, yeah, I had to put it down for a few days because it's, it's challenging. It makes us mm-hmm. take that inner look that we don't often want to. So I highly recommend the book, even if you're in a relationship, because these things still show up in partnership. In fact, they're going to show up more when we're in one. So it's great that we know ourselves and recognize our triggers in our room. So the book is there. I also teach a conscious dating method workshop, which is about a 90-minute workshop. I do it once a month. The next one, I believe, is going to be August 20th. I'm working on that now. So you can check my Instagram and website for that to sign up for that workshop. And then I teach an eight-week course, which I'm in my fourth cycle of that course. And the ladies, we're in our fifth week. And it's an eight-week course. The next one will launch, I believe, in October. And then I have a big project I'm working on that's gonna be really exciting. You'll hear more about it, but I'm gonna create a virtual experience for everybody to get all oh. information from all some of the best coaches in the world under one roof. So stay tuned for more information for that. Follow me on social media and you'll get all that info. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen invest in yourself. If something's not working for you, be willing to invest in yourself, whether that is in your business your health or your relationships. Hire a coach, take a class. It's an investment for what you say you want. And if we want things, what are we willing to do? How are we willing to invest our time, our talents, our money to create the things that we say that we want?
0: Yeah, I think that that's a a very important note because um, I think a lot of us just think that we can either just wing it We'll figure it out. You know, we have YouTube University. And not to say that these things don't necessarily work out in some respects, but when we're talking about like major goals, right? Major life um, um, achievements or whatever it is that we're trying to get to, like businesses, relationships, like there is a level of investment that we should put in if we're looking for optimal results. I guess if we're looking for regular results, maybe, or, you know, sure. subpar. But if we're looking to really be, you know, exceed in these, in these domains, we have to put the money where the mouth is.
2: Absolutely. And the time and, mm-hmm. the interest and the commitment and dedication, because those are all the things that are going to be required in a partnership. Yeah. And when you choose a life partner, that's probably the most important decision you'll make in your life. That's who you're going to spend your goods, your highs and your lows with. So it takes, it's an important decision that takes careful thought and consideration and mindfulness and preparedness And it shouldn't be taken lightly. So how are we willing to invest and show up in ourselves? I think like anything else, any training or expertise we receive, like you said, if you're trying to create something exceptional, it's worth the work.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Angela, thank you so much for taking the time to just, Give us this, this so needed information. Like I really feel that there's a transformation happening after everybody, <laughs> after everyone listens to this episode. I think that, you know, you've definitely influenced a new, a new found, um, I don't know, I, I want to say era, but definitely a new found interest in, in, um, in dating the right way. Because I think so many of us are just interested in dating the wrong way. <laughs>
2: This is wonderful. Well, I'm glad to have been of service and hope that, you know, people leave here inspiring. Just remember that, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So we have to really give ourselves a hard look and say, what's not worth? Yeah.
0: All right. Well, again, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And I will talk to you guys next week. You are listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. can't wait to come back. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's all online.